And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Welcome to Weighing In with Big John McCarthy and my man, John the Punk Thompson. I'm glad I got relieved of that duty right there on that <laughs> spot. John just adopted it right there. Didn't even realize he adopted it. Fuck it's God. all on him now. I'm done with that. I hate the introduction because this guy, Podcast Dave, Podcast Dave One on Twitter, but this guy drives me crazy every time. Yeah, you ruin the intro, you ruin the exit. Like, can you just do something around? I'm like, hey, my content's good though, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. He doesn't know. He's the WWE guy, so he doesn't know about our content. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, what do we have tonight? We had fights. We Thank finally God. got fights. Thank God. All right, so you have a little bit. And you're, good fights overall. Yes, they were. Good, they like, were. You got to admit fights. it was. The fights delivered, a lot of guys really, I mean, is some guys had incredible performances. Just a very good night of fights, and it was nice to see. But strange what we think yeah. we knew that was going to be that way. Yeah, I actually was texting back and forth with uh, DC, and I, told, I was like, <laughs> hey, I fought in Japan, and I could hear the announcers like saying the things that they were saying, and I don't forget that. And so I was like, you asshole. <laughs> so I said, DC, whatever you do, don't yell so loud. I can hear you through the TV without even like having to listen to you. Like I can hear the echo from the microphones that hang over the cage. I can hear your voice through the TV. Dude, so. Greg Hardy fucking said, Oh, I heard great I heard DC say I needed to check those kicks, so I started doing <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> I swear. It's almost like having like like a ton of coaches on the outside because the announcers are saying something. Man, he really needs that to get his back off the fence. Oh, he really needs to do this. He really needs that. He and needs I, to dig that underhook, man. If he doesn't dig that underhook, he's not going to get out of here. All of a sudden, the yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, it, it's sometimes it definitely works for you. Uh, I fought in Japan. When I fought in Japan, I, my very first fight there in Pride, the guy hit me with a knee bar and with the, or not an e bar, but an arm bar. I wiggled out. But had I had crazy ball, had there been the crowd noise? I probably would have never got out. I probably would have ended up having to tap. It was that's how much of a difference it makes for you here in your corner. Sure, you hear them normally, but you hear them selective. Yeah, you hear them selectively. But when your arm is when your ball's deep and someone's in your arm, like you've got to figure out a way to get out of it. All you can hear is that person's voice, and it made it so much easier in Japan, where they make no noise when when things are going on. Like it's it's a very like golfers clap kind of thing, and then back to it. But I thought I thought tonight it was like DC and I were talking back through uh, through text, and I was like, man, you got to be. I texted him. I said, be careful how how loud you say something about one of these guys. It'll turn around and bite you in the ass. You're running well, to Tony in the fucking elevator. He's gonna try to fight you. <laughs> the uh, funny the funny part is is the announced team being Joe Rogan and DC and John Attic. How many times did you hear Joe or DC or John go, oh, oh, just <laughs> off of hearing the yeah. collision? Well, that's what the referee hears in every fight. Yes. Every fight that you hear all of that, right? And that's when people go, no, you should have stopped. Dude, you have no idea how hard that guy got hit. Yeah. Okay. And you can hear it all. You see it all. And it's like. That it's funny to kind of listen to them because they're you know they keep on oh oh it's like because they normally even being cage side they just don't hear it yeah. the same. 
Yeah, you can hear everything really up close. Like, so when we're sitting there calling the fights cage side, we hear it as well as almost like a feel. Because sometimes you'll feel sweat come onto you, blood come onto you. Like, you'll oh, yeah. you'll be right there so close. And you know that they hear you. So when I'm calling the fight and they're like right there at that panel, that, that cage panel right in front of you, you kind of, I, I sometimes will kind of play it back. Like, what he really needs to do is turn his back off the fence. And like a second or two later, the guy tries to turn his back off the fence. He almost <laughs> looks at us as like coaches, which is pretty funny. That's um, all right. I was excited for the whole night. I mean, basically, we had been talking about doing, you know, having a show tonight right after this because it is nice to have, have uh, fights back, but just sports back in general. And it's funny. What I, Before we even get into the card, I wanted to talk to you about, have you gone through Twitter? Have you seen all the negative responses the media has given the UFC for still having this fight after Jacare tested positive? I, I believe someone said two of his corners yeah. tested yeah. positive. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't quite understand what all this is about. I mean, maybe you can tell me. What what's your take on the fact that they still went along with the card? They still had the guys fight. What's your take on that? I thought they did the right thing. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's take a look at this in a realistic fashion, okay? Realistic. You bring all of these people together into this city, and three of the people that you bring in test positive since you're testing all these people. Yeah. They test positive for the virus and if you if you look they tested them twice and they had them with mask on and then gloves on and wanted to make sure yes it was it's not a false positive it's a positive he he has that virus but he's asymptomatic meaning he doesn't even know he has it he's not feeling bad he may get he may get really sick from it he may not get really sick from it but there's people walking all over the world that have diseases, mm -hmm. have illnesses. And so what are we supposed to do? Stop living? Come on, man. This, this, that's ridiculous. They did the right thing. They tested people. They caught somebody that was ill with it. His corner was also ill. They took them out of the fights. They put them into a separate location. You can't ask for anything more. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It doesn't matter what they do. There's always going to be someone that's going to sit there and say, well, oh, you see, you could have, you could have, you know, you should have done this. You should have done that. You could have done more. You can only do so much. And what they did was test people. And that test, it worked. Yeah. Dr. Ray was known to have the virus. You're not going to fight now. We're not going to allow Uriah Hall to be around you and be close to you because he could, he could end up, you know, getting the, the virus also. So, hey. It worked. I see no problem with anything they did. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Dana put out this thing, like, basically talking about how the media and the MMA media, if you actually put the NFL media, the Major League Baseball, the NBA media, all in the line, and if the market was to continue to stay shut, shut down, Dana's, he went on to say, like, basically, like, we're the reason why MMA media, journalists have jobs. Like, if it wasn't for us, like, you well, guys would be the first ones to go. Because he's right. Not, yeah, he is you right. Know, I said the same thing. I don't normally of, side with Dana White, but I got to tell you, I said <laughs> the same exact thing. I was like, he's they're, they're, he's one hundred percent correct. Well, what what are they going to report if there's no sport? Yeah, he just kind of out of a job. 
And he's like, yeah, so, the first thing they're gonna cut is you guys. You know, I mean, oh. that's real reality. And I said, I, I said something on Twitter. But I said, basically, he's telling the truth. Like you guys are sure you guys are journalists, but you guys don't, you guys don't do any work for NBA, NFL, whatever it is. I think Ariel's getting in there a little bit as far as basketball wise since Toronto won the the championship. But that was kind of like his foot in because he's from Canada. So. In that area, how great it was for them to win it. He kind of was able to kind of get himself in. Who knows? He may end up doing other sports. But not all those guys have that type of opportunity and potential. Uh, not at all. Yeah. You know, and the whole thing, is, if you want to be that person that is looking for something to find fault in, is looking for something to blame, is looking for something to say, oh, I think this could have been done better, there's always going to be something yeah. you can find. Yeah. What good is that? You know what? You look and say, are they doing things the best that they can to take care of this problem and move forward? Yep. Yes, they are. Yep. Good job. Congratulations. Yeah, we when we had originally, like you and I both, we wrote on pretty hard during that time when they were trying to get the fights on the Apache. That's had, different. That was a different that situation. Different. We, totally. were, we were balls deep in it. People, the, the testing, the curve wasn't going down, which is where it is now. And the testing wasn't it is what it is now. So when you put all those things together, the UFC is doing the best thing, they, the best way that they can, the the only way they know how to do it, and they've they've made some changes. Obviously, you can see DC and Joe and Anik are like, you know, <laughs> 10, 10 feet between the all three of them. It's like, and they're trying to know. call fights. It's hilarious. It was actually fun. I was texting DC back and forth, and I was like, "How is it?" He's like, but I, "Wow, I don't this get is that. strange." I don't get it. Okay, why are they doing that when they tested John Anik? and they tested DC, and they tested Joe Rogan, and they came back negative, well, they can sit together. What's the difference? I mean... It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, they're, they're trying to do the social... And again, this is where I... They're trying to do everything they can. Okay. I, you know, I don't have a problem with it, but they really didn't have to do that. They could have had those guys together. What's the difference when they're standing there for that one moment where the, the start of the show, they're standing and they're standing instead of being as close as they normally are for a tight shot. They're kind of getting <laughs> separated. I'm like, it's just uh, not working, guys. Don't do that. Just be yourselves, man. They're be trying, normal. though. They're trying. Yeah, like yeah, I said, you're not going to hear me pat them on the back too often because people call me a hater, but I'm not throwing shit. I think they did a great job tonight. Obviously, I felt like some of the fights turned into like sparring matches because there was no crowd. Some guys, some of them rose to the occasion and had dominant performances. I mean, realistically, I just felt like like uh, Michelle Waterson and Carla Esparza, that fight, I would have felt a little bit more electricity had the crowd been around. But yeah. then, like you said, they also fought a, a very good fight that was before that. Was it uh, Nico Price and... Price, Price and... Uh, 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 God dang, Vicente Luque. So that fight was, good it was a good fight. fight. It was, see, that's the thing. When I started watching that fight, I felt like they settled into like a sparring mode. But then by the end of the second, they started picking it up. The shot started landing a little bit cleaner. And there was a little bit more like force behind it. But the first round and a half, I felt like it was just a sparring match. And I think, I don't know if that came from the crowd. Just my outside opinion, I'm just like basically speaking The non-crowd? Yeah, the non-crowd. Like the It was the lack, yeah. the lack of the crowd. I mean. Yeah. I, just, I am walking out, no energy, you know, in the in the cage, no energy. Well, you know what's so funny is li that you listen to, you know, it's because of you get, you just get into a rhythm and you get into, this is the way you do it. So you're listening to Joe Rogan, you know, 
And he'll, you know, Vicente Luque, ladies and gentlemen. There's no ladies and gentlemen, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because, you know, it's what he does all the time. So it's just habit. It's kind of funny, you know. And, and I'm listening to Buffer. He's trying to go I over know. the top to make it, right? And, you know, it's like, Bruce, just be you, man. Just be you, dude. Yeah, you, there's like. <laughs> Except for the jacket. Again. Yes. Holy shit. Over Who the did, top. What pillow did he steal that <laughs> off of? <laughs> oh man, he he has some unique unique style. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, so what was the first fight that to you that stood out on the card? I thought the Vicente. Yeah, there was a the, the first fight of the night was a really nice yes uh, submission, beautiful work. In uh, again, it didn't end the submission, but I mean he was going after things and. I think the fight on the scorecard, 30-24 or something like that. Crazy. Uh, but, Sam Alvey? Was it no, the Sam not Alvey? the okay. that's not the first one I saw. I saw the, um, God dang it, what's the kid's name? I can't think. He was going against Charles Rosa. Oh, Mitchell. Um, Mitchell. Mitchell, yeah. Mitch, yeah. Very good. Very good. God damn. I mean, very good on the ground, I mean. On the ground. Just yeah. nasty all over. I was like, wow, this is very impressive. His transitions, trying to hit the twister, very nice work. Very nice work. He likes that twister, man. He already yeah. got one. Yes. Uh, I think his was the second twister ever in the UFC, right? I thought it was the first. Who hit the, no, no. Who first, hit the second? First was, first was Korean Zombie against uh, oh, that's right. Leonard Garcia. That's right. That's he got right. the second one. I think he was he was saying, well, I'm going to get number two and three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, couldn't get it. But, I mean, just the, the kid is fun to watch on the ground. Mitchell is fun. but And I thought the Vicente Luque and Nico, God damn. Damn, they Price. they were bombing on each yeah. other. Yeah, they were just going. I just enjoyed the hell out of it. It was fun to watch, and it was it was the it was the. I thought Joe called it right when he's saying, Luke's has got very good technique. It's it's smooth and it's disciplined and it's sleek and he keeps things tight. And Price is just going for it. He's yeah. just a guy that I'm gonna go for it. I love that about him. You know, his his eye got closed up, and it was a good thing in the end. That, you know. Yeah, he wasn't. He was. He was not going to do well with one eye in that fight. So, really good fight. So, we talk, Carla and uh, Michelle Watterson. Who did you have? I had Carla winning. Okay, I thought it was close. Yeah, you know, it was. Um, I thought the. I'm trying to remember back now, I think it was the first round. I think went to Carla, mm -hmm. and uh, third round, I don't remember now. But I yeah. think I, I had it twenty nine twenty eight. But two, I mean, you had a 30-27 yeah. one way and a 30-27 the other, and Sal D'Amato had it 29-28 for Esparza. Yeah. So uh, I, don't, I don't understand either one. It was clear that Watterson won the second round. So She won the second round of that fight. I had that fight. I thought it was going to be a very good, like, tactical fight, but I also thought Michelle would use more of her sidekick, like more of her her long range kicking. She didn't do that. She got kind of got up in, into some exchanges. Carly kept jumping in. I think that kind of threw Michelle off because she wasn't sure if she was jumping in for a takedown or if she was jumping in to throw the straight punches. So that threw her off. I think the, the threat of the takedown obviously changed the dynamic of the fight. <clears throat> I just felt that that was the one of the fights that didn't wasn't a sparring match. But I'm saying it just we would have got more out of it. Had there been a crowd, yeah, had we had there been a crowd, so I but think. Go ahead. You got to look and say that the Anthony Pettis Cowboy Cerrone fight. 
what a good fight amazing i mean they were both just going don donald took some shots in that and just kept coming yeah. back man good fight i thought pettis won yeah you know but a really good performance by both guys so yeah. that was a fun fight i've i've always i've always known that donald's had really good grappling he just, I think, doesn't use it as much as he normally does in a fight. And so tonight when he started using a little bit of wrestling and a little bit of grappling, I think it could have paid dividends, but he just hasn't used it for so long in a real fight. It's one thing to do it in practice. Allen Iverson, it's, we're talking about practice. Nah. You know what I mean? It's one thing to do it in practice. It's another thing to actually get it done in the fight. And he, Sure it is, but you've got to do it in practice Yes. if you ever want to get it done in the fight. Yeah. And so I wonder, like, he had a lot of he had easy, good takedowns. He just, when he got to that position, he had no, like, almost like he was so tense. He was gave it. up the position right back to the feet. He did, he did nothing. Yeah. You got he, he got the takedown. And the judges are looking when you get a takedown like he got, which is, you know, it's a, just a, you know, basic ant rolling down to the ground. Well, the judge is then waiting to see what you do with the position. Yeah. And he didn't do anything with it. And, and you know, Anthony said that at the end of the fight. He goes, yeah, he took me down. He goes, but he couldn't do anything. Yeah. And and he didn't. He didn't take one shot on the ground. So well, those your, takedowns did nothing for him. What was your take on the eye poke at the end? You know, it was just missed. And I, it, I, Donald was, he absolutely was. And it, it's odd when you're the official, if you're the referee in that, you see a hand come out, but you see a hook. And you see the hook land, and it's the eye on the hook side that he's complaining that got poked, and it did. There's no doubt, but you didn't see that, and you saw the hook, so you're thinking, no, that was a punch, and yeah. that's what the referee was thinking. I understand, you know, he missed it, and it's normal to miss that. Donald was being honest; he did get, you know, he got yeah. poked, but it, it's just one of those. Are one of the those are the ones that are hard because you have you have a defensive action within an offensive that comes. A tough one. Sometimes you, you'll see it. Sometimes you won't. As as a ref, though, do you take into consideration who's saying it's an eye poke? Like if it's Donald, right, versus like someone who's his first fight in the UFC or wherever in a big show. Do you take? No. Do you think like this guy? He's been around so long. He ain't lying about this. He's only. Oh, he oh sure, a fighter would never lie, Josh. <laughs> oh yeah, you would never. You lie. know what I mean? But like they wouldn't. Come on, like. I don't know. I, no. I just yeah. You get you to the point. That. Is this okay? No different than Chuck Chuck, Chuck Liddell fights Tito Ortiz during UFC 47, and during that fight in the first round, Tito complained of, "Oh, he poked me in the eye," and I said, "Nope, that was a punch," and it was. I saw it, and if you go back to the video, it's a punch. It, his knuckle lands in yeah. the eye socket yeah. of Tito, so Tito feels like he got yeah. poked, but he didn't. So, because he feels like it doesn't mean it happened. Yeah. And you 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 can only go with what you see. If you see it, call it. If you if you don't see it, you can't call it. But is is Tito really on that that list of people that you would believe they would <laughs> they got hit in the eye? I'm just right. asking. I want to ask. Like, is is Tito on that list? For me, Donald's on the list. You know, what I mean? yeah. when I think about you guys. Know, they, well, a lot of times, a lot of times, what you'll get is you'll get the fighter that you know all of a sudden they're doing something. This guy goes, "I oh, like that," and this guy goes, "Oh man," because yeah. he knows, he feels it. He, he, oh, sorry. And so, even if you didn't see it, 
stop time because you can say, I'm seeing the reaction of both. Yes, you did. Okay. You know, so it's not always a hundred percent. No, if you don't see it, you can't call it. You can go off of the reactions of the fighters, but if you don't see it and the reaction of the fighter is just, he's going in and now he's continuing an an offensive assault. And that guy's saying, I got poked. You can't go with it if you didn't see it. That's probably just wild. not fair. Probably why I'll never be a ref. I would be like, okay, cool, cowboy, <laughs> cowboy, you. Well, I get well, it. I understand. You. Cowboy yeah. Cerrone. Sorry, yeah. man. Legend yeah, of the sport. Fighters would never like they wouldn't get hit and hurt with a shot. And go, oh my eye. Yeah. You oh, have, no, they wouldn't but do that. you have guys that like I don't know. I just feel like I have people in my mind that would never do that. Oh, and no. he's one. He's that guy. He's that guy that I was like, eh. I, I agree with in, you. In my he'd, mind. Be the, he'd be one of those guys. He'd be I don't that think guy. Donald wouldn't cheat. He's you not know? that guy. But yeah, you can, you know you got to do things the same every way with every fight. But. Yeah, this is why we don't get along a whole lot. You're the ref is <laughs> like the ref, and I'm the fighter perspective again. Yeah, yes. you're, easy, you're 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 easy to con. That's yeah. What <laughs> oh wow! Wow. What's the next fight on there? Let's get in the main card. Come on. Uh. What about Verdum and Olenek? Oh. I was I was wrong. I said that that fight's gonna that is a definite. It's not gonna see the third third round. Oh well, <laughs> that was prelims, yeah. Uh, I thought it was. Uh, Every time I say that, I jinx the hell out of the fight. Look, we've had this conversation about like we don't bring up people unless they've really have tested positive for steroids in the past. Blah blah blah. I just feel like Usada has changed the game when it comes to some of the heavyweights. And I think with Verdum, he just doesn't look the same. He looks slow. He doesn't look confident. Like tonight, he was taking some shots. Oh, he took some shots. Yeah, he, uh, he didn't have the same confidence when he clinched somebody, when he when he got in positions. He just didn't have that. And I don't know, you know, what it's from, but he just doesn't look the same. He looked Olenek really, looked good. Yes, he did. Olenek was in shape. He didn't look soft like he did before. I, I can tell you, the dude is a bear he's so strong yeah. it's incredible his squeeze is really something but he always gets tired and and as he was doing that he's going after him. I said, man he's got to finish or he's gonna get tired he's gonna and he he actually had some gas he went he did good 42 years so, old correct 42 years old man jeez man 70 some fights tip my hat off to him like I get tired at I get tired at forty two years old right now walking to the mailbox. I'm like, this is too much work. Gotta, gotta stop. Put the hands on the knees. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like almost as bad as podcast Dave. <laughs> uh, I thought guy. Greg Hardy looked really good. You know what? He's maturing as a fighter. He's fighting smarter now. Mm-hmm. He uh you know what he was he was eating a lot of leg kicks there. Yeah. He listened to DC. <laughs> But it was it wasn't just him listening to DC with that. It was he started to just control the fight with his jab, using length, being right. smart, you know. And he's coming along. You you got to respect the guy as far as he's not been doing it very long, Josh. I and know. he's fighting at a pretty high level. Oh, I'll take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> I just, sorry, man. I can't get behind him. There's nothing you're gonna you tell me. You don't have to get behind him, I but think, you have. To, do I think you he's have talented? got to respect that he's an athlete and he's gone. He's gone pretty damn far in a very short amount of time. Does this confirm my thoughts that 
the it doesn't matter like from 185 to 205 to heavyweight is just watered down in all i think in all the combat sports boxing mma like i feel like it's watered down i feel like we're not getting the best athletes because you have a guy like him who has no real fighting experience and here we are what six fights six seven fights six somewhere in there seven, seven we've fights, got then. a six seven fight you know guy who's fought in He's already at the almost like I wouldn't say at the top. He's not DC level. Uh, no, come but, on. But I can almost I, in my mind I'm thinking one more fight I could see him breaking the top fifteen. The top fifteen. I mean, in the heavyweight division, are you kidding me? I mean, it's not very yeah. like you have your top five guys that are they've been there or are there and they kind of interchange at the four or five level, but there really isn't a whole lot. You got Stipe, you've got um, Nganu, you've got the guy he fought tonight, Rosen. I don't even want to say his name because Rosenstruck, Rosenstruck, him. So you've got you got three of those guys, you know, along with DC. So you have four people at the top. Who else is beyond those guys? I mean, really, it's Nganu, it's Stipe and DC. <laughs> then it's like we just saw tonight that. Rosen strike or struck or whatever is he's not really close to that that professional of guys. We just saw that tonight. I mean, I know what, things can happen in a fight, but remember what I said about that fight. All it takes for Ngano yeah, is yeah. one, <laughs> and that's yeah. That's why you got to go with him. For me, I thought it was. I always thought it would be the speed outside of the power. It's who can get to the chin first. If you guys mutually have the same amount of power, which you you and I both agree, Ngannou had more power and is actually faster on the delivery, well, then I don't understand how this fight was going to go past you, the first you might two have minutes. A problem. Yeah, you, might you have a problem here. <laughs> like realistically, yes, you have a serious problem. And we saw it tonight. It was ta ta ta, boom, done. And. I think he hit him three, four more times. He actually missed a couple, but he, he actually accumulated like another two or three strikes once the, the fight hit the ground before the ref got there. The speed and the well, power he, was there. He hit that left hook that put him on his ass, mm -hmm. and he landed one good shot when he was on the ground, and he was out. Yeah. Just, it didn't matter what he did at that point. Yeah. Just the speed and the power was there. It was one of those don't blink because I walked into my I walked into the studio here and then I walked out to see some friends and it was like no oh shit oh shit I was like oh no I was like good thing, good thing for the replay good thing for the replay so but it was it, I I kind of figured it would go that way we both of us thought you know yeah um so the next fight was Dom right uh, Jeremy Stevens no. and guitar let's oh, talk God. about Calvin Cater Cal versus Cater. Jeremy Stevens go ahead and cry I know it's okay. You can cry. I am. I'm upset. I'm upset. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Stevens fan, like 100. percent And okay, uh, let's, talk, let's talk about the weight. <laughs> let's talk about the. I called you yesterday and said, yes, "Hey, you did." <laughs> I said, "What's your take? I want to know what What do you think? Do you think that because he helped Dom so much that he kind of neglected his own training and just really didn't do all the things that he needed to do because he was working with Dom so much? Because I Dom, told you, no, and you said no." <laughs> And I said, or he ended up getting injured, like probably a, you know two three weeks ago, and hasn't been able to really do a whole lot of cardio. You said, and I told you, no, no. <laughs> you said, and we talked about this, and I said I don't see Jeremy doing that. But then, as you iterated earlier, like fighters don't lie, really, Josh. <laughs> and so, so <laughs> I don't see in my mind. I don't see Jeremy Stevens saying. You know what? This guy's really good on the feet. I'm going to keep this fight on the feet. I want to carry that extra couple pounds without having to put my body through it. 
make him make the weight, and then I come out and I'm didn't have to really go through the last five pounds or four and a half pounds. I don't want to believe it, but you seem to think that, and I'm gonna let you go on it because for me, I'm a Jeremy fan, and I want I don't want to believe a, it. Well, first off, I'm a I'm a huge Jeremy Stevens fan. I love the guy. I think he's a phenomenal fighter, and I thought he was fighting his ass off. Yeah. In that fight, he was doing really good. And looked, it looked to me that was a guy that had energy. Mm-hmm. And many times when we see Jeremy making weight, he's got spurts, and then you see him having to back off because yeah. he doesn't have that same energy. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get on him and say, "Man, it's just wrong that you missed weight." Because yes, it's wrong that you missed weight, especially by the amount that he missed weight. But sometimes, you know, it's a strategy. And it's a tactic. And I honestly think, in the end, it was, hey, we can try to kill ourselves and get down to that weight. And then we're going to have a hell of a hard time having any chance against this guy that we know is really good, really strong on his feet. And I, let's not do it. Let's, we're going to cut this right here. We're not going to try to make that weight. And we're going to come in heavy. And we're going to feel good. And, it, you know, hey, it didn't work in the end. You know, he got hit with that elbow that put him down. But, man, he was fighting really well in that that fight. He fuck, he was smacking Calvin a couple of times and putting Calvin on his heels. So I, I look and go, hey, that was the right call. Whoever made it, be it Jeremy, be it Eric Del Fierro, be it whoever, it was the right call to make. Uh, I look at it like you will be changing, like in my mindset, how I've always thought the weight cut was the like not the most important thing, but it was that last thing for meant for fighters to mentally just say, I've accomplished my whole goal of getting to the fight. And if you're saying what you're saying, when guys, t- I've always thought this when guys don't make weight, when guys cut corners, it's because mentally they're not all there. Which means that something, if you, I'm just going based off of what if you, if it, if what you think happened, all of a sudden he had already kind of given up in his head. The cutting the weight, the how can I get an edge on somebody else? That to me is giving up in your head already. You've already lost the fight. I, I, and and don't get me wrong, he fought a great fight. I thought he was, but I'm only going based off of what you think. What you're saying is he potentially did that to gain an edge, to avoid the the full weight cut, which some guys have done. And here's well, the re- here's you're saying you're saying he's mentally weak. I'm not for cutting a corner. Hold on. Yeah. You're saying he's mentally weak for cutting a corner. I don't agree with that. I think maybe he's mentally strong in saying, "Hey, to beat this guy and move myself up into contention more, if I cut this corner, it's going to give me an advantage and I'm going to do it in this fight." That's not a mentally weak guy. That's a smart guy. Okay, we have a different we have a different feeling on that. Right. We have a different feeling on. We right. can agree to disagree. No, I um, I just first off, I want to say I don't see him doing that. So I'm I just in my mind, I'm thinking something happened where he just wasn't able to make the weight. Maybe the diet and nutrition wasn't the same for this camp. Whatever. In my mind, I'm gonna say that because I have a, I have a belief in Jeremy. Jeremy doesn't seem to me that type of fighter. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. But um, I don't know. There was. I don't. I, yeah, I don't feel that. I don't feel that at all. Oh, let me ask you a question. When you were fighting, did you? Uh, were you a calculated person? Were you a calculated fighter? Did you game plan? Depends on what part of my career I was in. 
That's very <laughs> let's true. Say, let's say, I agree with you. Let's say when you actually had a semblance of intelligence later on. Yeah, you know, I, I was pretty did, much retired by then. <laughs> it was <did> done. <laughs> any type of any type of mental uh, capacity where I need to actually control my feelings and emotions. No, I don't have that. Um, also, John, you just used Josh Thompson and intelligence in the same sentence. <laughs> that was your biggest that was, mistake. That was a mistake, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah, oh, big mistake. Man. Um, what was the question again? See exactly. Did you game plan? For fights? Did you game plan for fights? Yes. Yes, yes of did course you, I did. Did you watch your opponents? Did you see what you thought was his strengths? What was his weaknesses? Did you sit there and say, I think that I can, if I force him up against the cage, I can clinch with him and I'm going to start to break him down doing that. Or I'm going to I'm going to stay at distance. Did you do all those things? Wait a second. I see where you're going with this. But before you, you know, try, you no, you're trying to shit. trap me into something that's you not there. The reality <laughs> is, is yes, I did do all those game plans, but I never cut a corner and basically not making weight. And I don't because believe Jeremy you, did that. Because you were not a guy that dropped a ton of weight. I so agree. So the weight cut for you was, ah, it's tough, but I can make it every time. And so you always made it because you felt like that was your responsibility. And I agree with you. It Isn't is your that responsibility. Every responsibility. I agree with you. It is your responsibility. That's what I said. But sometimes guys get to a point they go, I think if I cut this corner and take this and make it an advantage, it'll work for me. That's called game planning. Look, the, the, the reason why I'm going to – only going to agree with you. I don't think he did it, but I'm saying I'm agree with you that it is game planning. But there are guys that I've worked with before in the past you don't that think haven't. OJ did it either. <laughs> if, if the glove doesn't fit, you must have quit. <laughs> look, um, look. There's guys that we've I've seen. Guys have grown in the rankings because they didn't make weight, kept the weight on, got the knockout, got the finish, whatever it was dominant Pence fashion. Tells you, and they go up, plan. and they go up in rankings. Like it's you're thinking point. to yourself, you didn't even make the weight, and sometimes you miss it by five or more pounds, and yet you went from number seven to number four. So yeah. if you're gonna keep continuing to condone and say it's okay for these guys to go up in the rankings when they don't make weight, then you have a, you're gonna start having a little bit of issue, I think, later on, and when guys start speaking up, which I don't know if they will with the UFC. Fighters don't really normally speak up in that organization. Yeah, but then you're never gonna get a title shot if you can't make weight. No, yeah, you're right, but you can though. That's the thing. I, I I understand. We've had this conversation. Like some like Bellator, right? We'll let the guys fight at whatever. We know that they can make 55. They want to fight at 55. But if they want to meet with their opponent and say, "Hey, let's just fight at 65 for this fight. There's no reason for us to cut the last 10 pounds." And both guys say, "Yes." Okay. What do we care? As a promotion, what do you care? You're not fighting for the title. We don't care. But then aren't they putting themselves in a situation like TJ Dillashaw where when they when they actually need to cut the weight to get to the title fight that they want to fight for, they're at a disadvantage because they're, cause they're doing that weight cut for the first time or for the first time in a long time or whatever. But the thing is, he should have never been cut into that weight class. We established that when we did our interview with Dwayne Ludwig. <laughs> like, first off, it was just ridiculous. He cut too way too much weight. Way too much weight. And anyone that what you you, you gotta you gotta understand. All right, I want you to think about this. Go ahead. And I'm talking to Dave now. I need you to, please, because there's nobody that doesn't understand this sport more than him. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about someone like a TJ Dillashaw, because we'll say that TJ Dillashaw walks around at we'll say 150 pounds. Okay, that's about what he walks around at. Okay. So he's 150 pounds. So he goes and he does 
a body fat test that basically comes back where it says, hey, you've got 6% body fat and your, your, your muscle and your skeletal frame, all of this with tendons and everything, you weigh in, that weighs at, we'll say, 132 pounds. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's 132 pounds. So you're talking about 18 pounds of fat and other things that are in your body. So what it's telling you when you have that 132 pounds and you're trying to make a 125-pound body weight is you have to lose actual muscle to even get there. And you, you're always going to have to have fat in your body. Fat surrounds your organs. It protects your organs. So when you have basically 5% body fat, you're basically at zero. So it's unhealthy. If you look and say, you've got this number, your solid body mass is 132 pounds and you want to fight at 125. That means you've got to lose seven pounds of solid body mass for you to even make that weight on top of the fats that's there that you're going to need some of that anyway. So it's actually more. That's why you look and you, there's guys that do these things and TJ did that. And you look and you go, you're crazy. You're losing actual solid body mass to try to make a weight and it's going to kill your performance. I fought uh Kid Yamamoto in Japan on two weeks, or not Japan, but in Hawaii on two weeks notice. And I had to cut to 143 to fight him. So I cut to 143. I was walking around 170. And it took me to get the down to that weight. I started. I lost a ton of muscle, so it took me probably about another two months to put the mu- the muscle back on because I had lost so much muscle in, the last, in two two and a half weeks. So it just it's it's not beneficial. Even if even if TJ would have won that fight, he wouldn't have been able to get back up to his normal walking around weight the proper way for him to to have good performances at one thirty five. And if he was to try and basically continue to fight at 25 it would have wrecked his body so I, I have no idea why he was trying to get there it's just one of those things but when i go to jump, 45 jump. yeah but when i go to 45 then so it just was one of those i think he just put his foot in his mouth started speaking didn't realize where it was going to lead him and he ended up doing something he shouldn't have done so yeah uh <laughs> dave's over there cringing um what other fights were on the card all right, so that you guys already covered in Ganu and um, uh, Rosenstruck, right? Yeah. So then, ah! then we got to Henry Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz for the most controversial ah! stoppage of the night. <laughs> I've been th- the last couple days, I've been back and forth with John, just so you guys know, because John's going to fill you guys in a sec. I got to tell you, man, Dom's one of those guys, and I feel like this way about Pedro Cavallo as well. You and I were talking about this. You walk up to them... And you're thinking to yourself, there's no way that Dom's beating Henry. There's no way. Like, Henry's faster. Henry's got better wrestling. Like, there's just no way. And I walk up, and, like, and I start, as I start talking to Dom, Dom's telling me this, telling me that, telling me this. And before, I, right as I'm starting to turn my back and walk away from Dom, I'm thinking, yeah, he's going to fucking win. No way he's losing to Henry. No way. He's going to take him down. He's going to throw him over. This. He's got this. And I got to just tell you, it just was one of those things. I really, at the weigh-ins, he got there first. He was ready to go. Everything's a calculated measure with him. And his fight IQ was above and beyond. And I was just like, wow. I I really, I called up John late last night, yesterday. I was like, I don't know. 
I think I think, think Dom's gonna I, win. I think I'm leaning towards Dom. And John's like, no, no, let me talk you back out of this. And then as I got off the phone with John, I'm like, yeah, no fucking way Henry loses this fight. So I was back and forth the last two days. Look, I, I what was your idea on the stoppage? I thought it was early. I thought well, it it was not what Come on, it dude. Was, come on, John. What? Come on. It was it was okay, but it wasn't a stoppage that I would suggest someone make in a title fight. Okay, so let me ask, was it because it was Dom, or was it because it was just a title fight? No, you cannot, any any referee that tells you, oh, you referee all fights the same, that's a lie. And that, or you're an idiot referee, okay? Because when you talk about fights, you can talk about all the fights, you know, Ngano against Rosenstruck. That is a matched fight. Sean Shelby matches that fight up. Now, he matches up the Dom Cruz versus Henry Cejudo, but that's a championship fight, Mm -hmm. all right? Meaning that Dom, being the challenger, has done certain things to work his way into a position to be the challenger for that title. And what has Dom done? It's not what he's done lately. It's what he's done throughout a career that got him that ability to say, hey, I have done things that have put me in a position to go for this title. You know that when you go for the title, there's serious ramifications that come with that title fight. You have a chance to drastically change your life with a win. You get that title, big big changes in the amount of money and the way the money comes and in all kinds of other things that come with it and sponsors that come with it, there's a huge change that happens when you win that title. So as the referee, I'm not saying that, you know, your your number one thing there is the health and safety of the fighter. So when you're looking and saying, did Dom get knocked on his ass? Yes, he ate a huge knee, all right? He was hurt. And then he took a lot of shots, and so Keith... Peterson is saying, hey, you know, I'm not going to let you go in and you know, take any more. You show me that you can't stop these. You're not trying to stop them. But sometimes you, as a fighter, you, they have to make a choice. My choice is to try to hide and stop that from hitting me, or I'm going to put my hands in a place to get myself into a better position. Dom made the choice of I'm going to put my hands and try to get myself up. And we say it, you know, if I'm teaching, I mean, look, there's many times you want to stop a fight, but you can't because you've got to let that guy swim into very deep waters. Yes, sometimes the water is going to go over his head. Sometimes you're going to see air bubbles coming out. But in that fight, it's different than having that same fight as far as the, the way you're going to ref it. Doing a regional fight, that's a good stoppage. Doing a world title fight, you, I personally feel you got just got to let him go a little bit farther. You got to you got to let him go. You got to give him everything that you can give him, so he has that chance of coming back in this situation. He might, and he might not. Yeah. But you got to give him everything that you can give him. So, not horrible, but you know, would I have liked to see him go a little bit more? Sure, but it's just the way it is. Do you, as a ref and like even judge, do you take into consideration who the person is first? Have they ever been finished? How many times have they been knocked out? Sure. If they were the champion uh, before or if they are the champion currently? Um, 
Those why things, would you take? Why would you take knowledge and throw it to the side? No idea, but sometimes refs do that. I don't know. <laughs> no, I just I want to know. Like, is that something you take in consideration? And as well, do you take in consideration the weight class? Like, if you take unanswered blows like you do against a heavyweight, do you take that huh. in consideration versus a person at one twenty five, one thirty five? Like the power doesn't doesn't seem to be there. Smaller guys tend to work out of those type of situations a lot easier than huge big guys. More. Yeah, because sure. they're taking big big shots. Yes. So you do you take that in consideration like the weight Absolutely. class style? Okay, just wanted to know. You I take just... everything everything that you can. You take into consideration who is that person? What have they done in the past? How have they recovered when they've been hurt? You know, look at yeah. Did I have I had Dom get hurt by Cody Garbrandt multiple times. Mm-hmm. In, in that fight, I let him work his way out of all of them. Why? He's he proved in the past mm-hmm. that he recovers fast, yeah. that he's able to you know come back and do things. So you've got to take all of that information and use it because that's what's going to usually bring you about the best resolution. I guess the next question is like like as far as where I'm at right now, from where I'm sitting, looking on the outside, looking in to Dom, like where do you go? Do you take another three years off at 35, 36? Oh, you cannot. Like, what do you do? Do you you fight again and be like, hey, I'm on the shelf now for the next title shot? Like, I I mean, like, I I know a lot of it has to do with the conversation between Dom and Dana to figure out what they're going to do with him. But I've always said this, and I will continue to say this. There comes a threshold, like what happened to Tony tonight, and we're going to get into that, is that when you hit that, when you hit that, that stage where you were supposed to fight for the real title the whole time, this, then, that. When it wasn't going his way after the second, the third round, I think in his mind, it was started setting in. Like, fuck, what's going on? I can't believe this is happening to me. Like, those are all things in his mind, I think, that are going on at that moment in rounds four and five. Sure like, there. I'm down. You, were, you and I were texting. You said you, you had him down two to one going into the fourth. And down three to one going into the fifth. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, for and sure. he was losing the fifth. Yeah. Eight. So when all that happened, I just, I, I think as a fighter, I've seen that, like, you know, that I was supposed to fight Pettis for the title, didn't fight him, fought Benson. I didn't think that in that process, but when I tore the ligaments in my wrist and my thumb, that's what happened in my mind. Like, shit, like this, it's changed. Everything's different. This is not the fight that I had planned on fighting. And I felt like Tony, as he got behind, he had a very similar situation where it wasn't going his way. And there was no, I felt like there was no coaching to get him to change the game plan. It was, let's keep trying to chain, like, ex- like exchange punches. Nothing changed. Nothing <laughs> changed. And, and I don't know if that's because that's his mentality and what he does. Like, I can do this fight anywhere, but nothing changed. He, I don't Ooh. recall him really even shooting takedowns. And I'm thinking to myself, you're good on the. You're so good on the ground. I'm not saying you need to waste a ton of energy, but do your dirty boxing in that area. And it was never there. It was one of those situations where it just never came about. And it's like quicksand. As he started falling behind more, it just started piling up, and he just couldn't get out of it. And just led more shots, more shots, no head movement. Just and as you're as you're getting hit, do you think you're not slowing down? But you're slowing down. Your pace is slowing down, just not in your your footwork. But the way your your hands get released, the way your kicks get released, the more you get hit, the slower it all comes off of your your normal reaction. It diminishes reactions. you. Yeah, everything, yeah. and yeah. it it's just it just built up. And I think as as it started, it was like a snowball effect. By the end of the second, third round, 
he was like, this is not going the way I thought it was going to go. All right, let's go back to Cejudo and Dom, though, because Cejudo was fighting a really good fight. He was. He was fighting really smart, very controlled, no emotion, just taking all that that exaggerated footwork and lateral movement that Dominic does and waiting on it at times. He's landing some big shots on Dom. He, the, the leg kicks he was landing were solid, really sharp. Now, all that stuff, he wins the fight and says he's retiring. Someone comes up. We, we were all here. I didn't hear him Do you say believe that. him? No. He's not retiring. You know no. what he's doing. He's money ploy, baby. Money ploy. Hello, Let's baby. go. Telling Dana. Pay hey, up. Baby. Uh, you know, you know, oh, I'm going to retire here because <sighs> you're not paying me what I want. Smart move. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. He's champion. He's not going anywhere. So they're going to sit him on the sideline until he's willing to sign for what they're willing to pay him. Um, do I think he – I don't know how much he's asking for or what he's what ballpark he's even in, but I don't know how far they're going to go with the 125-pound division, and they've already stripped him of the title, I believe, right? They stripped him. So yeah, he's, oh, yeah. not, he's, not, he's not the champion he's anymore. He's not the champion no anymore. But no he's one at, is. Yeah, he's at 135 right now. But, I mean, he can go to 25, but how much? How many more fights are they going to have? He's winning at 35. <laughs> no reason for him to cut the weight. I mean – he can do whatever he wants. I've just seen this before. We've seen this before. Play out with other fighters. <laughs> ask Randy how it went. I mean, like, you, you ask what? these guys. Tito Ortiz tried to leave too, right? I mean, like, these guys have all tried to leave, and they've, they all come back. The reason why they come back is because they can't do anything. They're going to either get sued. They're going to have lawsuits against them. They're going to use all their money. They're going to be stuck with their eye. He can't leave as a champion unless he truly, truly retires. It doesn't matter if he retires and like four years down the road says he wants to come back and fight. Nope. Got to fight for the UFC. Still got you on the title, baby. Like you're still, and you guys got to remember, every time they fight, defending their title or fight, extends their contract three more fights. Yep. So you, you, like as soon as you fight, so when we got into this whole thing with uh, Cyborg, with um, Chris Cyborg, with her, she she wanted a one fight against Amanda Nunes. But if she won the title, she wanted to leave. And she automatically you, was you, stuck having a three-fight contract. She had three-fight contract after that. Yeah, That's why she didn't sign the deal. And you, this all goes back to BJ Penn way back in the day when he left after he fought Matt Hughes. That was the first time that that all happened. They bounced and took the title. And it just was one of those scenarios. They learned from that, and that's why the, the Chris Cyborg fight didn't happen. And that's why I think with Henry, it's not going to work. You either want to fight or you don't. And you want to fight when you're in your prime, buddy. What is he, 31? 30, 30, I think no, he's 31. 33. 30, is he really that old? 33. Gosh, man, 33 already. Old? Did you say 33 Well, he came old? to AK right after, right after. Jesus uh, Christ, you must be ancient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not as old as you. I'm not as old as you. I act a lot older than the day, which is really scary because I try not to act my age. <laughs> you are a lot older than me. So yes, I am. I am. Don't, don't I give am. me that shit. <laughs> um, I did have one time. I'm going to give you a little story. I was doing a weigh-ins. We were in Iowa. I'm doing weigh-ins, and I walk out of this weigh-in thing, and, and this lady goes, "Oh my God, you're John McCarthy, right?" And I said, "Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you." She goes, "Oh my, it's like, it's like meeting Jesus Christ." Oh my gosh! Right? I go, "Well, we're close to the same age." <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I wonder if Jesus died with all that uh, gray in his hair, in his beard. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> they, 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 they took him out a little bit early. And oh, him. man. <laughs> uh, okay, so main event? Man, Justin Gaethje, I love him, man. He is so fun to watch. And first round, I thought he fought beautifully, but he was throwing too hard. Yeah. He was trying to land that huge knockout blow. And it was starting to gas him. And that's where he was starting to get in trouble in the second round. I thought, oh, man, he's gassing. And you know, I, I think I even texted you. Oh, Justin's gas. He's getting tired. Yeah. Because he was throwing so hard. And he gets dropped at the end of the second round. And that's why Tony wins that round. Because it was fairly close. I had Justin up. right. The, but when Tony drops him, that's why I gave that round to Tony. Um, but Trevor Whitman, what a beautiful job. Because he sits there and he goes, what are you doing? What, why are you throwing so hard? What, is, this what, is this what we're supposed to do? And he's just talking to him. I go, way to go, Trevor, man. You're so good at what you do. He's just calming his guy down and bringing him back and bringing him back into that game plan of, hey, this is about touch, touch, touch. He does this. I want you to step here. and We're going to hit the, with the left hook. He goes here, right hand. Just a beautiful job of bringing Justin back into the game. And you saw... When he came out in the third round, he had energy because he was in shape and he didn't allow Tony, who was trying to press it because Tony saw it. He saw that he was starting to, to wilt and he started getting hit with shots that stopped what Tony was able to do. And Justin was able to take over even that the pace of the fight at that po point was in Justin's control, not Tony's control. Just an outstanding performance by Justin. And in the fact that at times when he hurt Tony, he didn't go crazy. Yeah. He didn't jump in. He didn't try to finish it. He took his time. He, he placed himself, took another shot, landed that, took his time. So impressed with the way Justin, because that was what his downfall was when he first came to the UFC. Is he was, as soon as he hurt you, he would try to swarm and kill you. And leave himself open yeah. and get tired and just fought a beautiful fight. Yeah, he did all those things. He fought at a pace that he knew he could uh, continue to, to keep throughout the fight. That was the one thing I think I felt like he was getting tired after the second round. But then after I think he won the third round, he realized, I'm one round away, away from winning this title. Like, all I've got to do is win one more round and just stay away in the fifth round, and I'm good to go. And he didn't need to. He dominated the fourth round so dominantly. Like, he got to the fifth round, it was like, it just added on and added on and added on. He just, he had a dominant performance, fought a very um, smart, strategic oh. fight, and just was able to do everything that you thought he could do. I, I still continue to say I would like to see him threaten at least his wrestling a little bit more because that will open up a lot of his punches and his combinations. I thought he did a great job off the clinch. His snapped his jab. The speed, you could tell, was definitely a factor. With Tony, the speed wasn't there. Gaethje nope. threw with power and conviction every time. And when he did, you would, like you and I both were kind of thinking, is that it would make him tired. And as the fight went on, Tony would make him pay for it. But the problem was the speed and the power that he was throwing with conviction was landing. So it was taking more out of Tony than it was out of out of Gaethje. And it, it was after time. Yeah. It landed. It just and that landed. just wears you out. Yeah. 
And so as the fight went on, it just was one of those things that it was like a snowball effect. And I t- alluded to this earlier when we were talking about it this earlier. I was like, it's a snowball. It's he just as the fi- <laughs> as the round started slipping away. That's a hard and, snowball, dude. And he just started realizing he's not going to get that fight with Khabib. And that's a money oh, yeah. fight. That's a huge money yeah. fight. Don't get me wrong. The Gaethje fight probably paid pretty well. It probably did. Yeah. But the problem is, though, is that you lost the big, big fight. The That's what every fighter wants to fight for. And he never got to it because of this fight. And so, I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. He's still in a position where he could potentially come back. One good dominant performance against whoever else is near that area. I just don't know. I don't know if uh, if we're going to see that. Like, he'll he might fight soon he may not with what's going on it may be a while before he fights again he ain't gonna fight soon he's gonna get at least a 180 at least a 90 day suspension probably 180 day yeah so yeah i don't know i just i never would have thought i'd seen that position where he was that he was in um i wanted i thought i was gonna see a lot more of him in that clinch area with the elbows you know elbows and knees and just playing around in that area he never did um Anytime you have someone like Justin, I feel like when you have someone like him who throws, he throws straight at times, but a lot of what he throws is overhands, left hooks, like big punches. And when you have someone like that, you got to get inside that that boxing range, but the hook range. So you fight him in a phone booth, like you you like to say sometimes, fight him yep. in a phone booth. You put him in the phone booth, and the knees and the elbows play dividends. And I thought that Tony would get him to that position, use the long push kick, which he never really did. He never got a rhythm Man, to it. Man, that was, that was what I was like, Yeah, not using that push kick. That push kick is, because when he uses that, where does his chin go? It goes back. Yeah. You know, and when he does a lot of his other stuff, his chin comes up or he's off, he's off angled, he's off balance. Yeah. And he does a lot of awkward things that, you know, he gets away with, but a lot of times he's in a position to get hit. And Justin was hitting him during those times. But that, I I really thought that that push kick to the abdomen, yeah. right to the solar plex, he's so good with it. He didn't use it that much. He used it some, but not like he should have. That was a tool that he has that he should have exaggerated. I felt like the push kick would have led to what we've seen in some of Gaethje's past fights where Gaethje kind of, he kind of like tucks his elbows in and kind of hunches over at the waist. And I was like, well, that leads perfectly to Tony getting into like some sort of Dars or guillotine. I thought we would have saw more of the push kick when it started having some effects than going right to that front headlock position or the guillotine position or anything along those lines for the snap down because he loves to hit that little snap down right to his darts. And so I thought we would potentially see some some sort of game plan like that. Never saw it. It just never it never built up. The push kick was pretty much non-existent. Then off of that comes all the weird combinations, the straight, the straight left off of that or the straight right right off of that. Like it just never came. And when it never came, I think, like I said, as a snowball effect in the at the end of the third round, he was down two rounds to one. And I think in his mind he knew that. And I didn't hear any adjustments in the corner between four and five that made me think that he was gonna get anything near what he needed to do to get that to get that win. What did you think of the stoppage? I thought it was good. I thought it was good. It was good. It was. I thought it was good. I think Tony looked, you saw a couple times where he just looked, he looked like in a position where he just didn't want to be there. Not well, be there, it, but it was dazed. He was here, dazed and he, here's, here's the thing that Herb is looking at. Herb, you know, Herb's not a dummy. He's sitting there and he's going, look at, I believe that 
Justin is up three rounds to one. Yeah. This is the fifth round. Okay. And he's probably winning this at, you know, he's at least winning at 10, nine, probably 10, eight. Mm -hmm. And so is there any way for Tony to win on the cards? No, there's no way for Tony to win on the cards. All right. Does he have a puncher's chance anymore? No. All he's doing, all he is, all he is is a punching bag. All right. Does he have a submitter's chance? No, because we've gone 24 minutes or so, and he hasn't locked up one thing, hasn't really tried for one thing. He had an Iminari role that was just ridiculous because so he was out of position to do it. Wasn't, wasn't even the right time to do it. He doesn't even have a submitter's chance. Okay, so I now have a guy who's turning away from the fight and is actually shaking his head and acting in a way that telling me he's going to get knocked out. Do I need to see the final nail in the coffin to stop this fight? No, I don't. I'm stopping yeah. the fight, and that was a really good stop by Herb Dean. Yep, yep. No, wow. I, I can't disagree. What? I said, wow, just changed my mind. Oh, you! <laughs> I thought it was a, I thought it was a great stop. I thought it was good because it was a good you stop. see someone stop and look like which way they're at, like which way am I facing, yeah. looking for their opponent. That's just the fighter in them that's doing that. Like, but the reality is they're not there. And no so it home. was he took some clean shots throughout the fight and just was accumulating as it went on and went on. So I thought it was a good stop. I mean, I hated to it see was. it because I really wanted to see the Khabib and Tony fight because those two guys match up so well. I. But I guess I'll ask you the question. Now that we know it's Gaethje and Khabib, how do you see it? I See, but I told you, I think that Gaethje presents problems for Khabib. Because of his wrestling and his wrestling background and the fact that that leg kick, he's so his leg kicks are good, and he's very good at keeping people from taking him down. Now, I'm not saying that Khabib can't take him down. Khabib can take him down. But can he keep him down? I don't know. We'll see. You know, in the stand-up, I think Gaethje's got the, the advantage. No doubt about it. I think he hits harder than Khabib. I think he hits from better angles. His leg kicks are better. And on the ground, Khabib's got the advantage. But Khabib's got to get it there, and it's not going to be an easy task to get it there. He will he can do it, but he's got to do it multiple times in the fight. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Talk about your boy. <laughs> Oh man, man! I, I think you you just sold everybody that was listening to Bill Gold, a bill, a bill of goods. I just don't see it. I don't see it, man. Okay. Um, do I think he has the power? Yes. And all I heard from guys like Brennan Schaub and and Rogan and all these other guys is it, everybody that covers MMA is that Khabib had no shot on the feet. Had the fight stay on the feet against Connor. Well, I just feel like when people have to continuously worry about a takedown that's so on point like Khabib's, they don't release their hands. Their hands are stuck at their their elbows are stuck at their hips, and they're not trying to reach. They're not trying to block their punches as much as they're trying to defend the takedown. And that opens up, and we saw it with Connor. I went back and forth with uh, Shab for I don't know how long. Oh man, if he fights, if he fights the way he fought Ali Quinta, Conor McGregor's gonna knock him out. Blah blah blah. I said, look, the guy's See, I... so afraid of getting taken down, which Gaethje will be afraid of that. And no, is he a good wrestler? Yes, he's a good wrestler. I give. <laughs> Go ahead. He's I'm listening. He I'm should. Listening. I, I should say this. Head. He should be afraid. Gaethje should be afraid of the takedown, which he will be. And Can't I think. Be. 
cannot. You, why are you going to be afraid of something? I have seen. Okay, what do you mean? Why, why would he be afraid? He can't stop it. When you can't stop something, you start to worry about it. <laughs> I don't think I don't I don't think Gaethje has any success of stopping Khabib's takedown. Okay. I think may, he I'll, might stop I'll, one or two based off the setup or whatever the position I'll is. Give Brendan Schaub some credit here. He pulled out the right name. He pulled out Al Iaquinta. Yes. Because Al Iaquinta had some success with Khabib, didn't he? Yeah. Well, what's, okay, your, wait, now, what's your idea of success? That well, he, hold on. I'm not, that could be I'm not saying, his opponent changed seven times that week and had to fight fight Ally Quinta, who's what, 5'7", five, 5'8"? Five, Different style fight for the whole thing? I mean, I get it. But I, okay, go, I like where we're going. Go ahead. Let's get this rolling. <laughs> who's a better Who's a better wrestler, Ally Quinta or Justin Gaethje? It's I, not close. No, Stop. Let's just say it's Gaethje. But okay. height? And being able to get underneath someone and get to the legs and the takedown is completely different. No, 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 yes, no. it is. Okay, okay. So Gaethje's a better wrestler. Who's got no, more? No. Who's got more power? Ally Quinta or Justin Gaethje? Oh, Gaethje for sure. Okay. So who's faster, Ally Quinta or Justin Gaethje? Ooh. Justin Gaethje. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say by much. I like though. Al. I wouldn't Al's say by. I wouldn't fighter, say by man. much though. I wouldn't say by much. So, you've got a very good comparison in that. Yeah, he's fought someone similar to, to Gaethje, but I don't think that he's going to take Gaethje down easily. I'm not saying he's not going to take him down. He can take him down, but you're trying to compare Connor no. to Justin, and Connor is a guy that has learned wrestling in a jujitsu gym. Mm -hmm. He's learned wrestling by working on his MMA wrestling. Okay, Gaethje has a background in wrestling, wrestling as a Division One wrestler. So, totally different, completely different. Now, I'm not saying, not saying that Khabib can't get him down, but the positions that they'll end up in many times are going to be different based upon who he's wrestling at that time, and what he's able to do is it's going to be different. You know, it's just a different beast. I think it's a really good matchup. It's an interesting matchup, and I can't wait for that fight. It is. It is an in interesting matchup. I I look at it like. Justin, sure, he's got wrestling, but I've said this I don't know how many times, is that American wrestlers tend to have a problem with Russian-style wrestlers. There's a different <laughs> style of wrist wrestling, just in that, general. You're absolutely right. The relaxation, totally the the idea of doing it from the time they were three, four, and five years old, uh, all the way on up. And then you add the idea of Sambo mixed in, a little bit of jiu-jitsu, a little bit of judo, a little bit of... This wrestling that could be potentially everyone's just seen him do the double legs because he can outpower people when it comes to that type of situation. But I got to tell you, a lot of his best work is done in the gym against other really top, top, top level guys, the national champs from guys like uh, Ed Ruth. And you got guys like Kyle Crutchmere. You've got all these guys that are wrestling with him, specifically striking with wrestling. These guys have credentials way better than Gaethje's. And. I'm and they are not able to stop it. And if they are able to stop it, it's 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 fight or flight kind of thing. You're fighting to the bitter end just to even get your foot away from him. So stop. I see it on stop. a daily basis. I'm just saying. That, you're telling me that Khabib just runs through Ed Ruth in a wrestling room. Liar. Wait, wait, are we talking, are we right talking wrestling or are we talking MMA? I thought said we were talking MMA. Room. We're talking said MMA. Wrestling. No, you just said. MMA. You're wrestling with him. You said you're wrestling with him. And 
You're well, gonna tell me he anytime runs through you're a, no. well between the two of them, one's gonna try to get the other one down. They're both not gonna try to stand and trade. Both of them are gonna get after the wrestling right away. Try to try to insinuate their dominance. I'm telling you right now, I've seen it several times. It's a good match. I didn't say it wasn't Ed a good match. Ruth, Ed Ruth has lost plenty of takedowns against Khabib. So okay, has, has he gotten any? Yes, he has. He has. Oh, okay. What I'm simply saying is that when I compare the wrestling capabilities, that no, Gaethje's not anywhere near Ed's wrestling. It's a different style of wrestling. Even Ed has a hard time with it because it's not the it's not collegiate style wrestling. Foot sweeps, pressure against the fence, hip toss, body locks, sags to one side. All these things are all ingrained into what they're doing. Not only that, just hanging on the leg, that Damian Miles style of lifting the leg, judo, like just kind of sagging them down to their hip. They've got it down. And when you think you've beaten one, like we've only seen, that's the funniest part, is I'm sitting here critiquing this whole thing. He he really we really have only seen his double leg. There's been a couple little hip toss where he hooks over the over the glove and then like kind of hip tosses you off the fence. I'm telling you right now, there's chains that he just chains of of takedowns against the fence that no one's even seen in that cage. And to think that Justin's gonna be able to stop it? No. Does he have a chance? He's got a puncher chance. I said tonight he had a puncher chance. He actually outboxed Tony all the way around and fought oh, yeah. a fought a very very smart fight. Beautiful I actually fight. critiqued him. Probably two or three years ago, probably two years ago, and I said, I would be all behind this young man if he would just use a little fight IQ and be oh, yeah. a little smarter on some situations. And he totally got on me, he got on me a little bit on Twitter, and I was like, Look, man, <laughs> I love how you fight. I just I like to see you fight for another 10 years, not like three or four more years. And so in that, that's when I was trying to get at was that just the fight IQ. He did it tonight, and I didn't feel like he walked away with no damage. None. Well, good, a little bit of damage. Second fight. round, he got damaged, but you're right. He, this was the fight you're looking for to say, man, you fought. You actually fought smart. You you took your time. You listened. You did did things right. You, and the amount of damage that he took was minimal against a guy that is known for putting damage on his opponents. Yeah. So he, I thought it was a great fight by him. But, you know, that, that little picture frame that you have up off of your left shoulder there that's blank? No, left oh. shoulder. Jesus Christ, man. I wasn't sure if you were trying to be uh... – do you, do you even know what your left is? My God, you see that picture frame? I want to see Khabib there. Okay, I want to I want to picture Khabib, and I want you doing the bow down because you wow. know, we got we to make this right, dude. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look, I, I don't see it happening. I don't see Justin. Right. I, I think that I, I don't think he poses more of a threat than Tony did. Um, it just I don't I don't see I stylistically like the MMA math for me. I feel like it doesn't favor Justin at all. The opportunity is here for him now to see if he can get it done. I mean, I just I think just overall what I've seen from Khabib against DC against Rockhold against other guys that are in that. That's those type of weight classes. I've seen him fight and spar with Frank Munoz, who's like a, who's a good kickboxer from I want to say Spain. Anyways, these guys. I mean, I've seen him do really well against big, big guys. And to think that guy that's 155 pounds, 175, 180, I just don't see it. I don't see it. The takedowns. I've seen him take top level guys down. I'm just thinking to myself, and they can't get up. And so when I see this on a routine basis, like I'm just like thinking to myself. 
you guys haven't even seen what he's capable of. And people don't realize all the inside leg trips, the foot sweeps, the hip toss, the different ways he grabs the grips on your, whether it's your wrist, your elbow, your, you know, it just, it's, it's just different. And he, he does it better. Him and Islam, they've got a bunch of other kids that, you know, the guys that they bring out from Dagestan that are training, but they don't, none of them have the fluidity that the two of those guys have. So the Islam and Khabib, the two of those guys have something that's just, the, it's a different style of wrestling that we're used to seeing, you know, and I've seen national champs, all Americans from Oklahoma state, from Iowa, from wherever, from Penn state, they're all in that room and they ha they don't have as much success as people think. We'll yeah. see though. We'll see. It, that's the whole, that, that's why you fight the fight. Where does Tony go from here? It's, you know, that's a good question. It's uh Tony's getting older, you know, Tony's what? 36, almost 37 years yeah. of age. So, you know, this this was a this was a hard fight for him as far as he took he took a lot of damage in this fight. Boy, he you got you got to admit, man, he showed he has got freaking just yeah. big balls, man. He, he took big shots throughout that fight and just kept coming. You know. Yeah. Guy guy is a just a stud, man, but he really is in a position where he could be one fight away from getting back into it. He really could. You could look at him fighting a Dustin Poirier or someone like that. If Dustin wins, Dustin moves up into that. He's back in the mix. Or if Tony wins, he's back in the mix. I can't remember who. I think Dustin's supposed to fight someone coming up here. I can't remember who it is. But, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who they put him, it's put him against. It's a tough situation to put him in. You know, almost like you, I feel like with them, they're going to put them put him against a young up and comer, whether it's Dustin or somebody else who's a little bit younger, you know, that they can try to match him up against. But it's a it's a shitty situation for him to be in. I can tell you that. Horrible. But, you know, this is a choice. And you know, he had the choice to say, No, I'm gonna wait for Khabib. He had that yeah. choice. Yeah. Maybe well, at least we think he had the choice. How's yeah, that? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, my man. Well, hey, we got fights now. We're happy about that. Thank God. Happy about that. And then after we have fights, there's another card on what? Wednesday? Today. Wednesday. <coughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, Wednesday. Good card. You, have, hey, you got virus on your chest there. I know. And you're coughing. I know. You have a fever? <clears throat> uh, I actually just got. <laughs> I just actually got tested for COVID the other day. Josh had COVID before COVID was cool. Yeah, I did have COVID before COVID was cool. <laughs> I also, right. had, I also had the HIV, the HIV. <laughs> I got the HIV. <clears throat> cool thing is, you can only get it once, <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> unless you're Magic Johnson. <laughs> someone's gonna, someone's gonna grab that audio clip and uh, it look bad. <laughs> hey, Magic was able to shake it. <laughs> I wonder, wonder if we can. All right, uh, question: Did yes. you see? Did you see the video my wife put out? Yes. Wait, wait, of, which one? Uh, our Rochambeau. Yes. <laughs> That was the best thing ever, man. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you hey, won two, three out of two. I, or I, one. Wow. I did not want to do that. That was not my idea. Sure. That was all her. I swear to God, man. That was all her idea. I go, I go, no, let's, I don't want to do this. She goes, no, it'll be, well, let's do it. It'll be fun. It'll be funny, right? I go, you must have made her mad somewhere like, right. in the last couple of days. Oh, dude, man. It was great. Would you guys, you guys start off with flour? You went flour, then you went whipped cream or chocolate? Flour, chocolate, whipped cream, honey, and then an egg. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. 
you won't ever you won't ever catch me letting someone smash my face into anything <laughs> oh man i thought it was great though it was fun i mean that's couples counseling when you're at home quarantined together totally yeah crazy uh, um okay so we'll have fun we'll try and chat again this week uh for this next card coming up wednesday right and yeah. then we have saturday again lucky yeah us, lucky we're us. busy finally we're back finally uh, all right, guys. Hey, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button. YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Spotify. Stitcher, all of them. Uh, make sure you guys go there. Hit the subscribe button as well. Uh, we appreciate you guys. The more you guys hit the thumbs up in the YouTube section, that shares our videos to everyone. Hope you guys enjoyed tonight. Glad there's fights back on. Big John, got anything? Just glad there's fights back on. Yep. Good talking with you, brother. All right, my man. I'll talk to you soon. Podcast Dave. <laughs> Want to take us out of here? To take you out of here? Uh, yeah, we just launched an exclusive uh, weighing in promotion for the t-shirts. So mm -hmm. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Josh Thompson official. The promo code is weighing in for 20% off. Only weighing in fans get that discount. So use that promo code. Nice. Um, and we'll see you guys next time. All right.